Hey everybody. Today, I'd like to start out by talking with you about interest rates, okay? And the possible effect that raising them will have on your investments in 2022. Okay, so supposedly the majority of Fed members are forecasting three rate hikes in 2022. Now, I'm not gonna go deep into inflation right now, but if you're interested in some lectures on inflation, reported inflation, your personal rate of inflation, I'd recommend checking out episode 29, 33, 35, and maybe 41. I, I talk about inflation quite a lot. Um, remember, inflation and taxes are the two most violent destroyers of your wealth. And inflation doesn't send you a tax bill on April 15th. Inflation is the invisible, insidious wealth killer. Anyway, as you know, one of the only tools that the Fed has to counter inflation is to increase interest rates. But how does that work? What are the mechanics of it? Well, in the most simple terms, that's what you would call a contractionary monetary policy, as opposed to the current policy, which is inflationary. And the idea is simply to reduce the money supply. Um, now, why would the money supply reduction decrease inflation? Well, if you remember my episode number 33, where I talked about giving 100 students each 10 bucks and then having 50 sandwiches available. Then the principal gives out 500 more dollars to the students and more students decide to buy the sandwiches and presumably that ends up raising the prices of sandwiches. Okay, it was probably a ham-fisted illustration, but the short story is this. The more dollars that are out there chasing the same number of goods causes prices to increase. So the Fed argument is, you increase the interest rates, which decreases the money supply, and therefore fewer dollars are out there chasing the same amount of goods and prices start to relax. Okay, so there's a lot more to it than that. But in a nutshell, right now, we're seeing the highest inflation numbers we have in the last 40 years. And as a result, the Fed is going to take some action next year. Okay, which includes, in all likelihood, up to three rate increases. Now, we Americans, we have very short memories, um, especially since the, these last two years have been a, just a strange fog of COVID horseshit, insane political divisiveness, and, well, just all in all unpleasantness, coupled with some pretty awesome stock market returns and insane growth in real estate values, okay? So now, do you remember the uh, last time that interest rates were hiked? Well, it was December 20th, 2018. And in 2018, there were a total of four increases of 25 basis points each. And 25 basis points, for those of you uh, in the back, uh, is a quarter of a percent. Okay. So that made for a grand total of a 1% increase in the, the, the Fed rates over that year in 2018. Uh, and the stock market... Um, at least the Dow Jones Industrial Average, was down that year over 5.5%. And then the day after that last rate increase, the stock market tanked. Okay, so what's my point? Well, we're coming off a bubble year of equity growth in 2021. Pretty much no one is going to tell you that the markets aren't overvalued and overheated. And according to the great Burt Doman, uh, in the last Wellington letter, which is an investment newsletter I subscribe to, quote, the Fed is again repeating their mistakes of the past. Too much stimulus for too long, and now the economy is faltering. It is reducing the stimulus, but by too little. On one hand, they must reduce stimuli because of soaring inflation. 
But on the other hand, they don't want to do anything meaningful as it could cause some pain for their friends. And that leads to stagflation at best and a crash at worst. Okay, so what am I saying? Well, if you are heavily in the stock market, and this is not investment advice, uh, okay, um, but I would strongly consider taking on some defensive strategies in 2022. Historically, the stock market does not like interest rate increases, and we're so overvalued right now. I mean, I would be surprised if the markets can handle these upcoming increases without some significant corrections. But what is a defensive strategy exactly? Well, as I've mentioned before, for me, I'm pretty much out of the stock market with the exception of some uh, gold mining and royalties like like pink sheet penny stocks. Um, they've been terrible recently, but they're so cheap. Uh, and those are full on speculative assets. These are gambling. And I, I mentioned that I bought some Bitcoin miners in my HSA um, and those have seriously taken a crap the, few, the last few weeks because Bitcoin has been going sideways. But since I won't be using my HSA for the next six and a half years, I'm not worried about it. So all that said, my exposure to equities is low enough that I'm completely ready for a 2022 meltdown. Okay. Now, as for you, you know, it might be worth at the very least putting in some stop loss orders, especially if you have any proportionally large positions in equities that are well up in value. But that's on you. You know, at least just be thinking about it in the next month or two. Um, um, oh, and what about real estate? Okay, as you know, the Fed, as Fed fund rates rise, so do mortgages. So no doubt you've heard about the crazy rise in home value that we've been seeing the last couple of years. And part of what's enabled that bubble is these historically low mortgage rates we've been experiencing. I mean, seriously, 2% for a 30-year fixed? I mean, that's free money. I mean, in real terms, that's better than free. Well, in 2022, when rates inch up closer to four or more percent, that's going to put some downward pressure on housing prices. Okay. I'm not saying that actual prices are going to go down. I'm no real estate expert, but the rate of increase has got to level out a bit. And well, in fact, it is already leveling out a bit. So I could be wrong, but in anticipation, I'm going to dump a couple of my properties in twenty in early 2022. I think I've mentioned I'm going to sell my Detroit house, and I've also decided to offload one of my Ohio places. And my strategy for the proceeds, well, I will definitely share that with you when the time comes. But in the meantime, my personal fear index is very low, and it's because I feel like I'm proactively making moves to protect myself in 2022, which could be kind of a bad year. So what about you? Well, please, at the very least, talk to your advisor if you have one. And also, you know, be, be listening to smart people who think about this stuff all the time. Subscribe to the Wellington letter like I do. Okay. Yeah. I think I pay six or 700 bucks a year for that. But Bert Doman has a great track record of calling tops. And literally one insight from that letter could pay back that subscription by 100x. So also listen to George Gammon's Rebel Capitalist podcast. I think I've talked about him before. George is a genius. Um, the Robert Kiyosaki Rich Dead Radio podcast. Um, oh, follow Lynn Alden. Um, and also listen to Kevin Rose's Modern Finance podcast. Uh, I've talked about him before. Um, if you want to be like Gretzky, you know, and see where the proverbial puck is going, modern finance is like a crystal ball 
of where the world is going, money and blockchain-wise. Um, so I can't recommend that highly enough. And also check out the Anderson Business Advisors podcast. They they pass some serious knowledge that investors and self-employed people like you can use to grow and protect wealth. And it's all really practical stuff. And they're, they're lawyers and accountants. They are smart, smart dudes. Also, keep listening to me. You know, I spend a lot of time absorbing information that most of us find insanely boring. And then I come back and bottle it up and share it with you for free. So keep listening. And, um, oh, and, and back to the, the Bitcoin mining stocks that I was just talking about. Um, I want to briefly talk about a company that I've talked about before, but looking into 2022, I feel like this one is uniquely set up for a parabolic rise, and that's Marathon Digital Holdings. Okay, full disclosure, I own this stock, but also full disclosure, as of right now, I'm down like 35%, but I don't care. Why? Because unless something unless something weird or terrible happens, they're positioned to really kick ass in the coming years. And again, as always, this is not financial advice. So Marathon is way down in the last couple of months, but all miners, all the Bitcoin miners are. And it's, you know, this flat Bitcoin price action has really taken its toll on this sector. And on top of that, I just read yesterday that there's a class action suit against Marathon for, quote, potential securities law violations. Now, I know nothing about the details of that suit, but of course, I threw my name in since I'm an owner. And every time, you know, every time one of these suits happens and I'm in the class, I'll throw in. Usually it leads to nothing, but there have been a few times where I did get a check, which is all good. But that suit aside, the fundamentals are strong for Marathon. Uh, ticker symbol, by the way, M-A-R-A on NASDAQ. First off, get this. Okay, their, their blended mining costs, which includes the cost of electricity and hosting fees, uh, once they have all the miners that they have already ordered this year up and running, will come in at $6,235 per Bitcoin, okay? So that is an insane margin when you're talking about Bitcoin right now sitting around 47 grand each, okay? Uh, and if you're bullish on Bitcoin in 2022, think about that number, $6,200 to mine an asset that most pundits believe are gonna be well into the six-figure level next year. Okay, so that's an impressive start. Now. As of December 1st, they've purchased 133,000 individual mining rigs, okay? As of this month, December, they're saying that around 63,000 of those have shipped, and they anticipate more coming in every month until all 133,000 have shipped in July 2022. That said, if all the miners were deployed and Bitcoin's price were just 45,000, Marathon would be contributing about 7 to 8% of the global Bitcoin hash rate, which would earn them about 66 Bitcoins a day, which would mean $89.9 million a month or $1.8 billion for the year. So non-GAAP income, which doesn't take into account depreciation and amortization of the fixed assets and some other factors, you're looking at about $927 million for the year. Also, they are holding 7,600 Bitcoins right now in their treasury. So again, think if Bitcoin goes to 100 grand, that's 760 million bucks in the bank right there. Right now, their market cap is sitting at a paltry 3.48 billion. So all that said, there's some room in there for crazy growth. And if you're bullish on Bitcoin, I think Marathon is definitely worth taking a look at, especially if you're looking for equities that can give you indirect exposure to the asset. Again, 
not financial advice. So one last thing I want to cover for this year is tax harvesting on crypto losses. Okay, so this is this is brand new. So I just discovered TaxBit, which helps you calculate your tax situation if you own crypto. Literally, I just discovered this a half hour ago, and this is most definitely not tax or financial advice, but I'm kind of excited about it. So I saw this, I, a guy posted it about, uh, about TaxBit on Twitter. Um, I just set up TaxBit and I connected it to two of the exchanges that I'm on, BlockFi and Coinbase, and the process was crazy easy, and it took about five minutes to get those two exchanges linked. So once you're linked up with the exchanges, you just click in TaxBit on their tax optimizer button, and boom, it shows you where you might be able to harvest some losses, okay? Now, I, again, I just found out about this, and the murky world of tax codes and policy related to crypto is way over my pay grade, but this app cost me, two, uh, I think, about 250 bucks for an annual plan, and it instantly informed me uh, that I could harvest a loss of a few grand by selling X amount of my Bitcoin. So, then I just buy the Bitcoin back and start over, okay? So I just got a sweet return and TaxBit showed me exactly how to do it. And then the best thing is, is that it's gonna create an IRS form 8949 for me, which is the sales and other dispositions of capital assets form. And it'll show my losses. I'll give that to my accountant and boom, I just took a nice loss of a few grand. But real quick, okay, let's let's go backwards so I can give you a bit, a bit more of an explanation about how this is supposed to work. Okay, again, I'm not an accountant, so this could all be total horseshit. But at this point in history, the IRS classifies Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as property. Now, we've talked about uh, in a previous episode, I talked about Ripple's XRP token, and they classify the SEC is classifying that as a security. So what I'm covering now presumably does not include XRP. Anyway, because the IRS considers your crypto property, that crypto is not subject to the quote wash sale rule. Okay. Real quick. What is the wash sale rule? Well, if you own a stock or security and the value has gone down and say it's the end of year and you want to harvest that loss, well, you can. And, you know, if you wanted to sell it for a loss and then take that loss on your taxes. You can do that, but the IRS won't let you deduct that loss if you buy the same asset or a similar asset within 30 days before or after that sale. So the rule itself, I, it makes sense on paper. The whole idea is to prevent the creation of like an artificial loss by trading in and out of a security to harvest capital losses and offset capital gains. But the wash sale rule only applies to securities, okay? Securities meaning stocks, bonds, ETFs, et cetera, that are traded on exchanges. And as of today, cryptos are not considered securities. So at least as far as I can tell, they're exempt from the wash sale rule. And what I just did was perfectly legal. So as I mentioned, so far, I've only connected two exchanges to my TaxBit account, BlockFi and Coinbase. Um, I, and I'm on, I think, five other exchanges. So I'm going to get those plugged in after I get done with this before the clock strikes midnight on the 31st. And I'm I'm in a few shit coins that have dropped. So I should be able to lock in some more losses, which is awesome. Now I reached out to, because I, I'm very interested in this stuff and I'm assuming a lot of you are too. I reached out to a dude in Florida who's a CPA specializing in crypto. And I'm hoping to have him on the show in early 2022 because 
personally, I've got a ton of questions about this stuff. But in the meantime, if you want to play with TaxBit, go to rogueretirementlounge.com slash tax. Once again, that's rogueretirementlounge.com slash tax. And it'll take you to TaxBit and give you 10% off because you're my friend and I love you. Once again, that's rogueretirementlounge.com slash tax. So I'm looking at their website right now, and it says that it's designed by leading blockchain CPAs and cryptocurrency attorneys, um, and it supports over 4,200 cryptocurrencies, equities, commodities, and all fiat currencies. Taxbit has your back with a full cost basis breakdown. Drill down into any transaction and see exactly how your cryptocurrency taxes were calculated, and it optimizes taxes with deductions personalized to you. Claim up to $3,000 a year in capital losses. Carry forward any additional losses. Increase your tax refund. Okay, so I'm super psyched that I found this, uh, and I'm glad I found it because today, right now as I record this, it's Thursday, December 30th, and definitely I'm going to hit that $3,000 um, loss. So um, I'm super excited about this. And based on what I'm seeing, all I really have to do to harvest these losses is liquidate my positions and then it just immediately rebuy. Okay. So this is super cool. Uh, once again, that's roguetirementlounge.com slash tax, and you'll get 10% off because you're my friend. Okay. That's it for this episode. And this closes out the first year of the Rogue Retirement Lounge podcast. And I just want to say that I appreciate you listening and I am looking forward to chatting with you next year. And remember, you know, whatever your net worth is, the value of each dollar that you hold is worth at least 7% less than it was last year. So please keep that in mind. Your purchasing power is going down every year. So if you got a return on your stocks and mutual funds this last year of, say, 15%, knock that down to eight or less because in real terms, your dollars lost at least 7% of their purchasing power. Keep inflation in your calculus as you invest and as you plan for your retirement. Okay, I will talk to you next year. Have a great one. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.